Hello, I am Matthew. Oh my god, my name is Douglas. Hi, I'm Malavika. And you're listening to Go, Go International! On this show, we'll be interviewing our international friends. Find out more about their home countries and perceptions of Singapore. Since you can't travel physically, why not travel through their experiences? On Radio, Radio Pulse, the, the sound of NUS! Woo! Okay, hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Go International. We are now in week 9, very, very close to finals. Ooh, week 9. Our, okay. our last guest was Anthony from Taiwan, in case um, some of you can't remember or don't bother watching. Not sure which is worse. But yes, yeah, so he was, Anthony was from Taiwan, he recently moved to Singapore. And I think one of the most interesting things that I found out from Anthony was, you know, his identity as, as a Taiwan. He's like, oh, slightly contentious there, but yes, he, 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 told, he told us that, um, you know, because the, the history of Taiwan is quite um, fraught with uh, tensions in the mainland. So he, he told us a bit about his own identity um, as a Taiwanese versus a Chinese. And he also told us a lot about how, you know, younger generations of the Taiwanese view themselves increasingly so as... Um, local Taiwanese rather than mainland Chinese, um, which is a stark contrast from his own parents as well as the older generation. Uh, what did you guys uh, take away from Anthony? I, for one, learned a lot about Taiwanese food and cuisine because he really went into detail about the the main courses and you know how how, how the the components of certain foods and things. And so I th- I thought that was really interesting. And I also found it really interesting that he said. He hasn't tried any authentic Taiwanese food in Singapore, as in he hasn't found any restaurant that serves whole, like home land food. And so I found that quite interesting too. What about you, Matthew? Well, for me, I don't know. I, I say it's more like a disappointment that he didn't really listen to ch- Taiwan music or Chinese music that I really thought I could have a discussion with him. But I think it's interesting because he he did mention like there is... Taiwan indie, which I've never heard of, to be very honest. And the cultures that he grew up in, it's not how we portray it to be. Because for me, when I portray Taiwan, I'll think of, you know, JJ Lin, J Cho, and all the Taiwan dramas, Taiwan movies. But I guess there's more to that. I guess growing there really is like a different kind of thing and a different kind of experience, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah. I guess also you know, have, being from Taiwan, right? Taiwan being so similar to Singapore, one of the things that I noticed about this speaker as compared to the first few speakers that we had, right, was that there weren't many, like, juicy or exciting stories or, like, like very, very um, uh, culturally, you know, different things. Because I guess we're just so similar. We, you know, like, there, there just isn't that much of a difference for it to be that juicy like he likes mala we like mala you know he's Chinese he's Chinese we're you know it's yeah which, which which is why I guess I'm I'm also slightly concerned about this week's guests because both of them yes today we have two guests both of them are a couple and they are from Malaysia and Malaysia and Singapore are very, very similar to each other <laughs> Well, we don't know that yet, right? I mean, then again, they are a couple who, you know, come to Singapore and they live here since secondary school, but they live by themselves without their parents. So we never know. I Actually, I'm quite interested, you know, to know what is slightly different from what we expect them to be because I believe that all of us have been to Malaysia. All of us have been to that Malaysian lifestyle. So maybe what we experience as Singaporeans is different from how Malaysians see Singapore or how Malaysians see their own country. 
So I'm actually really excited to know about them. And as 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 Douglas has mentioned, they are both couple, or both a couple. So and they have like a kind of long distance thing, uh, long long distance thing going on because of COVID. So we shall see. We shall see what they have in store. Yeah. Wait, are you trying to? Are you saying that both of them are not in Singapore? Like one is in Singapore and one is not? Um, the uh, Li Xuan, the lady, uh, just recently came to Singapore. So they were away from each other for two, three years. So Okay, but now they're both together. And yeah, together. they will be both attending together. So yeah, that will be exciting. Okay. How do you know that? Yeah, actually? I think... Oh, sorry, Malavika, you go first. No, I, th- I think for me, one thing that I'm really excited about in this episode is sort of understanding how that process of relocation and living separately from their parents is because as as like I don't know I feel like in my culture that that's just not a concept that I could think of before like I don't know put, put prior to being 20 you know so that I think that's so cool and I really want to hear more about that no, I I totally agree with you, Malavika, because I'm actually going on an exchange like next sem. Yes, I saw. You're going to York. Yeah. It's just so like I can't believe that those like the two guests that we've had today, as well as all the other guests we've had, like have been living away from their family and parents without like a, a comfortable safety net this whole time. Like I, I could never. Yeah. How how do you know them actually, Matthew? Oh, uh. F- Actually, it's not. It's more like acquaintance. It's actually my friend who recommended them, um, and yeah, it's my friend who is Jeron. Shout out to Jeron. So he he actually managed to link me up with them, and they are actually very excited to do the podcast. So you know, if someone's excited, why not? You know, and yeah. yeah, and I really want to know their juicy stories too, because what I heard from my friend is that it's it's a quite interesting relationship. Yeah. All right. I guess. Uh, without further ado, we shall take a break now and we'll be right back with our two guests. But see you later. See ya. See you. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to um, Go International. Today we have Li Xuan and Ocean from um, Malaysia. So Li Xuan and Ocean, how about you tell us a bit more about yourself? Do you want to say first? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ocean. I'm currently studying at NUS, uh, Year 3 Mechanical Engineering. Uh, I've been studying in Singapore for like how many years? Since you're like 16. Yes, 16. So I'm 22 now. So uh, it's 7th seventh, seventh year. Yeah. Yeah. 7th year. Yeah. 7th yeah. year. Yes. Hi, I'm Li Xuan. Uh, I'm currently studying at SUSS Business Analytics. I've been studying in Singapore since I was 13, so that's like uh, nine years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. so <laughs> which part of Malaysia were you from? Uh, I'm from Johor and Ocean is from KL, Slango. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... You've been, you've been in Singapore for a very long time as well, right? So, so what do you think are some major differences between you know, your, your home country in Singapore, in, in Malaysia and Singapore? Uh, I think the biggest difference between like Singapore and Malaysia is uh, like Malaysia is more chill and Singapore is all about the hustling. That's like the, I would say that's the biggest difference that 
anyone from Malaysia will experience if they come to Singapore for the first time, either for studies or work. Like in Malaysia, it's very chill. Like in school, your teachers won't be like pushing you, rushing you for anything. They'll just say sabah, sabah, which is like, you know, just have patience, no need to kanjong. But like for Singapore, they will always be like, you know, pushing you to like do your best. You always have to like chase for deadlines and do like hustle and all that. So I think that's like one of the biggest difference. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's more convenient here. I mean, I kind of like it here. Like, yeah, you can go anywhere. Okay, granted, like Singapore is kind of small, but that's all right. It's big enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of convenient in the sense like, uh, transport is cool. Uh, because like, being the country is like kind of small, but that's like a perk also because like everywhere you need everything you need is like within like five to ten minutes ish. Like yeah, that's true. Mm, that's true. In my being my uh home back in Malaysia, like in KL, just to like get food, you know, drive out for like five ten minutes. So it's like uh, but then here you can just walk out for five ten minutes. It's like that's the difference, you know. Yeah, like yeah. in Malaysia, if you can't drive and if you don't have a car, you basically can't survive. But in Singapore, it's like it's very convenient to get to anywhere. Yeah, and uh, it's cool. Uh, like the public transport actually work, which is quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malaysia public transport is very unreliable. Like for Johor, we we do have like public transports, but you rarely will like see them working on the roads. Like if there there are bus stops around, but. The bus probably come like once every two hours or something. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it takes really long. So no one would actually like take the public transport. Like rarely people do. Like if they do, usually, uh, from what I observe, it's like only like foreign workers would take the public transport in a sense. But it's also very rare occasions. Yeah. In KL is better, but in Johor is like yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Non-existent in KL. There's still the MRT system. Yeah. It's better than Johor, but it's still bad. Uh, it's not that bad. <laughs> Compared to Singapore, <laughs> it's bad uh, for sure. Yeah. Then how, how do people who can't afford cars get around? Uh, you... Usually, uh, people would actually... Most people would have like a car or, or else they would have like uh, motorcycles. Yeah. And cars in Malaysia are kind of cheaper. Uh. Like if they... Usually if they have like cars, they, if they can't like afford those like branded cars like what like Nissan Kia that kind of like very expensive cars they would just like use like the local cars like the famous one Myvi yeah yeah those, those cars <laughs> like our local cars tend to be cheaper like the Proton and Prodoa cars usually are more affordable so like people if they do own cars usually if they can't afford like good cars then they'll use these and these are actually pretty good in a sense Myvi is like the King of the highways in Malaysia. Yeah. Why Singapore don't sell them? Uh? <laughs> no, but... I also don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Think something to do with politics. Uh. I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Mm, maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably we'll have to tax heavily or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think Singapore, if Singapore get a car, it's like uh, so expensive. I mean, even if a Paraduai, I know that a Paraduai in Singapore costs like 90, 70, 80, 90K already. Like SGD. SGD. 
for okay, real. Yeah, that's very expensive. Yeah, so yeah. Like public transport to go. Okay, yeah. So so I heard right. Okay, so you know I'm I'm friends with Jeron and you guys know Jeron, <laughs> and yeah. so I heard that y'all are very very patriotic of Malaysian food. So why Singapore cannot compare? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Why Singapore cannot compare? Sorry, in my defense, oh, I, I, I am very impartial. Okay, I'm I'm not like a diehard. Like, most people that diehard like die die like oh, this is not like Malaysia. I, if it's good food, I yeah, we don't good, like I, we I are not. Good, yeah, we won't like um really go hard or like oh yeah, only Malaysia food is yeah, good. No. Like there are some <laughs> food in Singapore that I do find that it's better, but there are still some dishes where I think. It's for sure like Malaysian variety is much better like the the example I can think of my head right now is at the bakute you know like in Singapore the bakute is the white peppery kind yeah Yeah, the pepper kind but in Malaysia bakute is the black herbal one Mm. so like I don't know whether it's because I'm very used to like eating the herbal one growing up so when I first came to Singapore and I see like the bakute is white I was like this is not bakute. <laughs> like freaking whitewashed or something. I was like, no way. No. Okay, but I think but, the issue comes with like naming it bakute. And like when we're growing up, our bakute is like the when you say bakute, the image that came, came to our head is all oh, the black purple. Yeah. The rich kind. Then you come here, it's technically it's pepper, pepper soup. soup. <laughs> it's, it's pepper soup. Like if you call it pepper yeah. soup, it's pretty good. But if you call it bakute, it's like, mm, I mean like Depends on who, like your preference. Actually, I yeah, kind of like the, yeah, prepper, the, I think the Singapore version. The, the, the one is good. come with the naming, uh, maybe. Yeah. If they don't call it like bakute or something, maybe we'll, uh, I will be able to like, accept that, oh, this is like a white pepper soup. And it, I don't deny that for some branches in Singapore where I had the soup, it's actually not bad. But like, I wouldn't call it bakute, like personally. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like the roti Chennai, roti prata situation, right? Yeah, I think like that one actually naming. in Malaysia yeah. we also have that. Like I think the issue is like between like oh, roti China is like Indian, but roti prata is Malay. I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, that's what I heard lah. But I also not very sure. Yeah, Malaysia also has that debate, but we all just and eh, then we all just eat only good can really. Yeah, I'm I'm really single single like I'm just very single brain cell. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but there's still good uh, food in Singapore. Like I got the Hokkien Mee. Uh. Oh, the, the wet one. one. Yeah, yeah, the prawn Hokkien Mee. That one, I think the first time I actually tried it was like in Singapore. And I do quite like it. I think that's something that's pretty unique to Singapore. Yeah. yeah. There's no Hokkien Mee in Malaysia. Yeah, okay. uh, our Hokkien Mee is also <laughs> a bit different. It's the black like, one, our, is it? Yeah, our Hokkien Mee <laughs> is actually the black one. Only in Penang, maybe you will find the white one. But it's also not like the Singapore version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know why it's like it's a common re- occurrence like yeah. <laughs> Singapore version is white one, so it's like um what? <laughs> yeah, but the, the Singapore like prawn hockey me, I do like it. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's okay. very nice. But one thing I kinda like, like personally, the if you say like one name one food that I prefer here in, in Malaysia, the number one would be duck rice. Oh like duck rice here. Okay, I'm not sure because like in Malaysia, duck rice is not like very popular. Can't yeah, really I think the everywhere. more popular one for like duck is like uh Gui Tiao Kia. Okay, I don't know whether what's it called in English. Okay, I'll call it Gui Tiao, but Johor we call it Gui Tiao Kia. Oh, Singapore yeah. is Gui Tiao also. Oh, there's a difference. Uh. I didn't know. Eh. Yeah, in Johor we don't really call it Gui Tiao. We call it Gui Tiao Kia, and like our the noodles is not the big 
flat broad pieces. Ours is like the normal kuih tiao. Yeah. So even among states, there are like some differences even for like very common dishes. Yeah. Oh, but the duck rice good though. Okay. That's interesting. So, uh, how did, how was the, how was the experience of sort of moving from Malaysia to Singapore and how is living independently? I think it's alright for me. I don't know. I don't get homesick. So, <laughs> I, I think it's just me okay? like yeah like I think like the, the night I moved in I cried that's all because that all I, it's not really I, con- I didn't I didn't actually want to cry it's just like my little brother was sending me over like uh, my whole family sent me to Singapore like, like move, help me move mm-hmm. for the first time when you come here right yeah then like my younger brother like after moving in then time to go then he like gonna be they turn around, they hug me and start crying. They also cry because he cry. That's if so not, sweet. I wouldn't cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but to me it was okay. Like I kind of enjoy it because maybe I'm I don't know, I'm slightly older. I don't know. I guess I'm just built different. Uh. <laughs> no lah, but, but I don't know. I I kind of enjoy living like on my own, I guess. Yeah, maybe because I'm introverted. But I don't know. Not too sure. How about you? I don't know. <laughs> I think for me, because uh, I moved to Singapore like alone at a pretty young age, I would say like, when I was 13. So the first year, it was a bit hard because there's a lot of like things that you need to adjust to. Like the education is very different between like Singapore and Malaysia. And there's also language barriers and like you don't know anyone. So the first year when I was just in Singapore, it was slightly tougher. I would get homesick. And I remember like when if I couldn't sleep, then I would call my parents and say, hey, I can no sleep. And then they were like, okay. And then they would just like accompany me on the phone call and just tell me, it's okay. You can just close your eyes and then you can just slowly fall asleep and all that. And then slowly over the years, then uh after I get used to like everything here and I make more friends and things like that, I start enjoying my life rather than I basically like, ah, don't go home already, yeah. And the first two years, I will go home because I stay quite close, right? So the first two years, I will actually go back home like almost every weekend. And I'll be like, oh, I want to go home. But then come like after I get... Hello? Oh, they just got cut off. Maybe they, they got murdered Wait. or something. <laughs> No. <laughs> Wait, what? Hello? Lisha and Oshla, are you still there? Hello? Yeah. And this is like some horror plot story. <laughs> no. And they did a camera switch on and it's not them, it's like someone else. <laughs> Die. I like, like, like spontaneously burst. No, but they're still in the call, eh? Surprisingly. Wait. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're right. Oh, this is a relief. <laughs> Imagine the camera starts turning on. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, it's a guy with a knife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can cut out this part. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> just, just imagine this makes it into the cut. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, hi. 
Hello. Hello. Yeah, I think the audio is okay now. Hi, hi, hi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually, can we not cut that? It was quite funny. Okay. <laughs> at, at Nas, at Nas. Do we get cut off? Very embarrassing. <laughs> Where were we? Uh? We were talking about yeah, yeah, you were you were crying at night talking to your parents. Yeah. I wasn't really crying. I was just like, oh, I can't sleep and I miss home and that kind of stuff. But afterwards, it was quite okay. And then slowly, because like, school got busier and like, you know, there are CCAs and like, like other things that like in my social life in Singapore and all that, I go out with friends and all that. Then I slowly just like, go home lesser and then we will only like go home during those long holidays or where there's like events like Chinese New Year this kind of stuff then we will go home uh. mm. but okay right, okay but it's still like, it, uh, for me I think it doesn't make leaving home any easier because uh, like I also have like a little brother at home so like all these years when I was in Singapore it kind of made me feel like I missed out on a lot of his mm. like growing years like when he was still baby and then now he's already he's like seven and I was only home when uh after A levels. So that was when he was like what? Uh five years old? Yeah, for two years. So I mean I kind of like missed a lot of his like growing part when he was from like when he was just one to five years old. And when I went back home there was one time when I went back after O levels and because he was very very young. He was like two three years old. And then he couldn't recognize me. So I was like, oh no. He was very scared of me when I went back. He was like, who is this? And I wanted to hug him. And he actually like ran away. He nearly cried. So I was like, oh man, this is very bad. So after eight hours in like, I decided to like stay home more. So that, you know, I can like get closer to my brother. And now when I come back to Singapore again for uni, then he he actually wrote me like a farewell card and all that. Saying that he will miss me. And he want to call me every Friday or something. Yeah, that, that part when I saw when I saw his car when I was in the like quarantine hotel, I almost cried. I was like, oh man. But I think the process of like leaving home for me doesn't really like get easier. It gets bearable, like you get used to it over time, but it doesn't make it like any like less like, you know, sad in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And uh, apart from family, what's one thing that you'd really miss about Malaysia? The food <laughs> <laughs> and driving. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think because like it's like the sense of familiarity, you know, like uh like going out to eat with your friends, like driving to go eat, that like I staying out late at the mama and all that kind of things. It's like in Singapore you can have that kind of life too, but it's just like it's it's just very different, you know. It's just a bit different. Mm. It's two different places, in a sense. So that's one thing I would actually miss. Like, now I do miss driving. Sorry? Sorry, go ahead first. Oh, uh, no. Um, I don't know. Actually, about the family. I guess, like, I don't, I don't know. Everything there is like just cheaper. <laughs> it seems cheaper. <laughs> okay, it's like, it's a bit weird because like, I only came... Singapore for like for seven years, but then like the rest of my years I'm in Malaysia. But then like in the seven years, then every time when we spend, right, it's like subconsciously we just times three the price. We're like, okay. Like, okay, five dollars for a meal. That's 15 ringgit in Malaysia. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, so, just like, yeah. Oh, oh shit. That's okay. kind of X. Yeah, but then like when we go back, when I go back to Malaysia, then like, oh damn, 
suddenly everything feels cheaper, but at the same time, not really. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, I think you spend more there, but oh well. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I don't know what else. Yeah. <laughs> My friends there, maybe, but it's a bit okay. Because like, um, cause now you got like, WhatsApp, you got everything. So like, if you miss your friends, you can just text them and call them. Yeah, and also most of my friends, they all like went overseas to study anyway. So like, it's all right, I guess. Yeah, so. But I mean, like apart from from very tangible differences, like like the currency or, or and the food, but do you think that there are any like cultural differences that stood out? Because I mean, half of my family is Malaysian. My mother is Malaysian also. And I go back to Malaysia very frequently uh, as well. But... I, I don't really notice I mean, maybe it's just my family I'm not very sure but I don't really notice that there's like a very significant difference between like the Malaysian half of my family and my Singaporean half but what was it like for you guys was there a very big cultural difference um, in terms of culture to be honest I do think that for Malaysia and Singapore it's actually quite similar since like we are so close to each other like even in Johor right you can see like there are some similarities between like Johor and Singapore culture because it's like very very close. It's just like separated by like one bridge and all that. Mm. I can't really think of like very significant difference between like our cultures besides like the very chill and like hustling. That that would be like the only cultural difference that I think really stood out between like the two countries. Yeah, it's just same for me. I can't really tell much difference. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nothing much actually. What about like the language? Like, do you guys speak Singlish there? Okay, no. Like, yeah, no but the language in Malaysia same. is a bit uh, complicated, oh, right, I would exactly. say. Because for every state, right? Uh, let's say in Johor, we would actually speak Hokkien and Teochew more. But for KL, they speak a lot of Cantonese. And then in even in terms of our national language, which is like Malay, the Malay version between like, let's say in states that are further north, closer to Thailand, like Bali, Stranggamu, these places, right? Their Malay is actually very, very different from the Johor Malay. Their Malay is sort of even like, I can say closer to the Thai language. So like for the language we speak is more, more complicated. But in terms of like Singapore and Malaysia, right? Then I think the difference would be the way we speak Chinese. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like the way I speak Chinese, like if I code switch, speak Chinese, right? My friends would usually say uh, they can tell straight away that I'm from Malaysia because true, like true. Malaysians speak Chinese, right? We have us, uh, we have like our own unique accent to it. Like Singaporeans also have like the unique accent and Malaysians also have theirs and I think this applies to like other languages as well like if I speak Malay with my Malaysian Malay friends as compared to like if I speak Malay in Singapore I do see that I do feel like there is like a bit of difference in the accent also yeah true what she said <laughs> okay, that's great. We, we, we've, got, we've run out of time for the first uh, segment, but do stick around uh, for all of you who are listening uh, for our second segment. So, see you then. Let's go. 
hi everyone, welcome back to segment 2 of Go International. Today we have, just to remind you, we have Lee Shen and Ocean who are both from Malaysia. So during the break, Lee Shen and Ocean were telling us some juicy things about sugar daddy, sugar mummy culture in, in Malaysia. So why don't you go ahead and tell us more about that? Uh, for that, right, I wouldn't say it applies to a lot of schools in Malaysia, but it's like this specific like private school in Malaysia where everyone would like joke about it, you know, like if you say that or you go to this, you want if you want to like find sugar daddy, sugar mommy, right, then they will say that like, oh, you go to this school, then you can like find a lot of them. And they will always, you always hear stories about like people getting into like actually getting in trouble. It- Things like that. <laughs> yeah, because because like this whole like sugar baby, uh, sugar daddy, mommy thing, there's like a lot more to it from what I heard. I'm not involved in anything. I just listen to like the juicy stuff from my friends. Yeah, and they do know like people personally where they get involved and there's a lot of like they involve involve like police and all that shit. So it's, it gets quite complicated. But that's like a, and I don't know if that's counted a juicy, but yeah. I wouldn't say the school name. <laughs> oh, do you know anyone who who is personally involved with this? Uh, <laughs> so like, if whether they face legal consequences, no. It's not illegal though. Yeah, it's not really illegal, but like unless you're underage, uh, then, yeah. <laughs> then um, <laughs> I I don't know. There are people who are involved in such things, but uh, I don't think I'm in any place to share. So <laughs> sorry yeah, about that. Okay. No worry. I, I think I think it's it's pretty similar to Singapore. Like our, our schools also have like scandalous reputations. Like there's one school I'm not sure if you're aware. There's one school in Singapore that everyone talks about and calls it like the pregnancy school. Oh, like, oh yeah, I, I, think, I think I don't know. Don't name it, Don't name it, Okay, okay, okay. If you go there, you get pregnant. <laughs> hey, okay. I also once, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I heard from Jerome that um, COVID-19 has actually kept y'all apart. Lah. So actually, would y'all like to share more about it? Like how do y'all stay in contact? How do y'all, you know, survive with each other? Uh... Okay, like when COVID first hit, uh, we can still kind of inter, like can still cross the bridge for when yeah, it first hit, like last year, actually, March, um, around there. In 2020, when the COVID first hit, it was only for like the first few months then because just nice, uh, he had his like exam break or something, like his year one ended. So he came back to Malaysia for a while. And then at a point in time, Malaysia was still doing pretty well, I would say in like, you know, stopping the spread of COVID. So we actually could like, interstate travel for like a few months in the middle of like 2020 so we could like we managed to like you know get like get through that part so like oh we just like record okay we can meet each other during this period because we can like cross state then yeah but then afterwards then after he went back to singapore in like september ish and then malaysia just went downhill on the covid then since then we just like video call to like you know try to like keep in contact and all that we are busy with schools and all that but we just try to like you know have that like minimal contact even online so we just video call every day if we are busy then we would just like stay on call and like study together yeah so mainly couple- we have to yeah, maintain it like online ah. oh, but that's what couple goes though not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> thanks <Thank you. laughs> <laughs> I mean 
it's it's not it's not easy. Yeah, I mean it's not sugar sugarcoating. It's really not easy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There are days when it's also, it gets really hard because you know, like we all have like our own like you know downtimes and things like that. And even if like uh, it's even if you can see like your partner online, sometimes it's just like not the same. You know, like you can't get like the same amount of care and attention you can get online versus like in real life. So. There are days when it it actually gets really hard, but you know ultimately you just have to like, I guess for us we just like try to see it as like okay we are going to like be able to like meet each other one day again, so we just hold on to that on days when it's bad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's so interesting. Um, so in the first segment you mentioned that you know when you first came to Singapore it was quite tough to adjust to the educational system. So, uh. I, how 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 do the educational systems compare, and how would you how would you say that they're significantly? Would you say that they're significantly different, and in what sense? Uh, I think the most like different part is uh the level of difficulty for sure, because for Malaysia and Singapore, right, the standard of the education is they there's actually quite a large difference. I would say. Like for Malaysia, it's much easier. Uh, for I can say for primary school, right? Whatever I learned in primary six, like right before I come to Singapore, actually you would have learned it in primary three or four in Singapore. That's that's the amount of difference. Like that was back during my time. For now, I think for Malaysia, the primary school syllabus has changed already. So they're actually trying to like increase the difficulty level so that there wouldn't be such a big difference, like a huge jump from like primary to secondary to uni. But back during my time, the difference was actually that big. So when I first came over to Singapore and everything, then suddenly there's alphabets in math. Then I, then I was just like, I did not know that this exists. Math shouldn't be like this. <laughs> yeah, so it was quite uh, it was quite a tough time adjusting, especially for like math and all that. But for like for like languages, then I would say it was quite okay. For Chinese, it's in Singapore, it's easier as compared to Malaysia. And then for English in Singapore, of course, it's harder. But because like, uh, thanks to like my family, like my parents, they would like you know send me for like tuitions and all that to like help me like improve my English so in that for English that part then it's actually quite okay yeah but it was the math that was quite a huge problem for me yeah that's like the difference uh, and I, I think in Singapore I would say if for secondary school we Singapore have like A levels and all that right O levels A levels mm-hmm. and then I would say yeah. there's actually a little bit more academic freedom as compared to Malaysia yeah like in Malaysia, for our O levels and A levels, which is like SPM and SDPM, yeah, the equivalent. yeah are, which is the equivalent, ah, there's a lesser academic freedom. I would say that like, there's a, always a set of answers that you have to like follow, and you wouldn't know a set of answers, so you really have to see like, or whether or not the things that you write actually just nice marker like or just nice hit the answer scheme like the so called answer scheme that the government already set. Yeah. Yeah. These kind of things is like. It's, uh, I would say that it's slightly a little bit more politics. We wouldn't yeah. know like exactly what is going on behind also, but this is like what I hear from like all my friends and stuff. And for like SCPM, which is like, A-level, there's very little academic freedom. And it's quite a big problem in Malaysia as well. Like in Malaysia, recently, there's also like this issue where there, there's a group of university students like in UM, University of Malaya, 
which is like the top mm-hmm. uni in Malaysia, they actually wrote a piece on stating how, whether or not like the, what do you call that, the monarchy system is still relevant in Malaysia. It just, just as like a, you know, academic discussion and they actually got into legal troubles from it. Oh. Yeah, whereas in Singapore, like okay. even if, in Singapore, even if there are still like, you know, policies that actually prevent students from like going really all wild talking about these kind of things, but I would say compared to Malaysia, there's actually like slightly more freedom to be able to like discuss like these very controversial topics. Yeah. So that's that's like some of the differences between like the education systems. That's what I think. Yeah. But okay, on a slightly lighthearted, uh, more lighthearted note is that uh CCAs in Malaysia is not as stressful. <laughs> it's not a requirement to graduate or get into a good school. Yeah. So Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's more like freedom there. Like if you want to join the CCA, all right, sure. If you don't want, sure. But like yeah, we don't really get yeah. we don't really get assigned to schools like based on our results. We get assigned based on like our address. Oh, really? Wait. Yeah, for oh. Johor, is that the case? Like, for some parents, yeah, they would want, like, you know, their kids to go to better school, then they will write into, like, those Dato or, like, YB and the kind, and they will, like, write to request to go to, like, a certain schools. But mostly, they don't really assign based on results. Like, for my sisters and my brother, like, or they just get assigned to whichever school that's closest to where you stay, that kind. Yeah, so, that you don't really, like, you know, fight to enter, like, or this certain school. It's only until uh, after O-levels, and when you go to A-levels, then maybe that's like uh you get assigned according to your results, but that that's it. Uh, only from STPM and uni level, then they we will have to like you know work hard and get into the school you want by like you know using your results. Other than that, that's not really like a since primary like in Singapore since primary school we have to like get into schools with like KSLE points and all that. But formation not really like that. Uh. Yeah. Since I'm not sure. Does it mean that both of you went to public schools? Uh no, for me I went to a public primary school, but then I came to Singapore like secondary schools already. So yeah, I didn't go to a public school in secondary. Yeah, uh, my primary school was also public. Then my secondary school, I only I only went to a secondary school for like three years in Malaysia, like sec one, sec two, sec three. Uh, that one was a is a private school. So yeah, but I hear but I hear stories from my other like public school friends uh, stuff like that. So like. I kind of get still kind of get what's going on on the other side, you know, that kind of thing. So like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I can't really comment much about like the rest of the Malaysia, like how the schooling system is like, I only know like the gist of it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, early on, you said that um, a lot of your friends are currently studying overseas, right? I mean, to me, that just sounds like really, really expensive, like for them to go overseas. So, so do you think there is a very big, gap or like inequality in Malaysia between the haves and the have-nots like I'm sure that like for example like in your in your private school that you went to was there um racial diversity or was it just like an SAP school sorry I, I, don't, I don't understand what you just said <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is it a very unequal society in Malaysia um unequal like the rich and poor difference oh I mean you can definitely oh yeah um you can definitely see disparities lah of course yeah there is you can actually yeah like the disparity I would say it's uh pretty wide like you around Malaysia in like Johor like around the places like the place that I stay 
you can see you can still see like those very rundown kampong. So I can there are some places where you can even uh, classify it as slums and all that. But for like schooling, I think uh Malaysia do try to like make sure that everyone at least they can like go to like a school, which is why they don't like you know use the like meritocracy system to like decide whether or not you can go to like a certain school. So that part I think is okay. But for like uh, afterwards, if it's uni, I think one thing about Malaysia is uh, going overseas to study, right? Actually, uh, it's not as expensive as people might think because we have like this so-called like um private universities where they offer like those two plus one or one plus two or three or like, three years program where you study in Malaysia for like one or two years and then you can actually go overseas to study at the overseas campus for like one or two years like whichever like based on like whichever program that you choose uh, but even then like, as compared to if in Singapore if you want to go straight overseas from like A-levels or anything that is definitely as compared to like, Malaysia it's definitely more expensive because like in those schools in Malaysia you can actually pay like the Malaysia rate while studying overseas so in that sense it's cheaper but in Malaysia itself, there are still differences where not everyone can afford to actually go for these programs. But compared to like Singapore, I think it's actually like much better. Lah. Yeah, but there's still a difference there, which is a sad thing. But I do believe that everyone has like equal opportunities to education. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a, a quick one before we round off. But do, do you think that because you know you you said a lot of good things on Malaysia, but you've also said some some bad things. Do you think that, um, you know, you still feel a sense of belonging sufficiently enough for you to want to go back to Malaysia after this, or do you think that you'll just stay in Singapore forever? I mean, uh, I won't. Be, I will never be shy to say that I'm from Malaysia. I'm a Malaysian lah. So um, sometimes like you can hear like uh, like those Malaysians they like um, you know, talk talk crap about like Malaysia but it's just like cause we're mostly not happy with the government mostly. yeah we wouldn't go <laughs> yeah. to politics here but I think yeah. to sum it up of like what a lot of Malaysians feel is that we dislike how our government do things but we do love our country and our people yeah like I think this is something that we all share because like in a sense uh, we all I think we all think that Malaysians like the people themselves are actually not bad but because like the politics and like all this like more heavy stuff get tied into it, then people get a bit more divided. But I think the like you no know, patriotism is still there. We all still love our country. We love it dearly. Just that we don't want to get involved in the politics. Like if you don't, if you just like you know close one eye to the politics and all that, right? Malaysia is a great country. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think there's anything stopping me from like, you know, wanting to feel like a sense of belonging to Malaysia. I would, yeah, like saying like Ocean, I wouldn't like be ashamed that I'm from Malaysia. Yeah. Oh, you, and, oh sorry. You were saying. Will you go back to Malaysia after this or will you continue on Singapore? Okay, Um. because I currently, um, because I got the tuition grant, so I have to work in Singapore for like three years at least after I graduate. So after that, uh, really depends because a lot of things can happen in like I'm graduating in one year plus three years yeah. a lot of things can happen in four years so as much as I love Malaysia like okay let's be realistic like, as much as I love Malaysia money still money talks you know <laughs> so like if like, I can earn more money here 
or like have better opportunity elsewhere, not just in Singapore, right? I will just go somewhere else. But like if given a chance to go back to Malaysia, like to stay, like to settle down, yeah, um, I'm open with that. Yes, I'm also open to that. But like to work in, that's a different thing. Because like we all just want yeah. to like get a better future for like our future family and ourselves. So Yeah, because yeah. like to be realistic, opportunities <laughs> like the like the wages in Malaysia is not exactly the best, I would say. So, like, same at Oceana, like, after I graduate, I because I I'm also taking loans and all that, so I would definitely be working in Singapore, but since I'm from Johor, so I may, like, like a lot of Johorians do, I may, like, stay in Malaysia, but work in Singapore and, like, travel to and fro. Because, like, money talks, you know, like, no matter what, the amount that you earn in Singapore as compared to, like, Malaysia, and that's the currency rate and all that, it's definitely better to, like, you know, work here and all that. Yeah. Okay, maybe just one last question to, to round everything off. We always ask this question to every single uh, guest on our show, except that, our previous guests come from very far-flung places like like, like Tunisia and, and, and Taiwan and stuff like that. So, okay. But have you eaten durian before? And do you like durian? durian? <laughs> yes, I love it. You're, you're asking Malaysians. <laughs> yeah, Malaysians if we love durians. Like my whole family loves durian. My uncle owns a durian farm. If you don't love durian, you're not part of the family anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, but like, there are still people that don't like durian. Like yeah. I, I like, maybe like one or two friends that don't yeah, eat like durian. Yeah, like for my family, all. right? My whole family, including my extended family, everyone loves durian except for one of my sister. Yeah. So you can imagine family gatherings because we have like, actually have family gatherings for just durians. Like we actually eat du- just durians for like the gatherings. And you can imagine like the face she makes if whenever she sees like the lorry comes in. Because... It's like she's the only one that don't like it. So like we can't like really accommodate like just to her, like, right? So sometimes you'll just stay at home or she would just like hide in a house or we all just like eat outside. Yeah. But it's the minority, yeah. Okay, um, but let me turn the table. Okay, do you all like durians? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do, we do, we do. I, I think most I would say most Singaporeans love eating durians. Oh really? Okay. Oh, okay. Matty, do you like eating durians? Yes. I haven't tried and I yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to go eat durian, but COVID happened. Yeah. yeah. I think oh, the man. best way to eat durian is at those roadside stores where it's freshly yes. opened by the person. Don't ever buy packet durians. No. Yes, yes. Gelang, Gelang has good durian. I don't do that. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for, for joining us on our show. It was really, really enjoyable talking to you guys. Um, we will be having another episode next week, so do tune in for our next episode. But in the meantime, see you, Lishan and Ocean. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, thank Bye. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.